Hi, Sasha. Hi, Alana. We are back. We are on the pod. On the pod. Today is a very special day. Today, our dear friend, Kate Berlant, is joining us. And Kate, I ju- I've known of her since high school. We all grew up in L.A. Yes. She and I then became very close kind of over the pandemic and talk every day. The more I talk to her, I mean, when we first came up with this podcast, I think she was the first person that came to 100%, 100%. mind. She has such stories. I can't wait. To I can't wait to hear. We should just bring her in. All right, here we go. Kate Berlin. Kate Berlin. We have Kate Berlant. <gasps> Genius artiste, comedian, mm. writer, director, actress, actress, I would leave. Yeah. Actor. Um, I actually don't direct. Yep. I know. I just Controversi- wanted to throw it in. It's a controversy, but maybe I should, you know, I once had a psychic be like, I see directing for you. I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> please. No, please, I was like, no. I was like, you mean, I was like, oh, so you think I'm ugly. <laughs> it's okay. I've been told I have a face for radio. So wait, that's they're... one of my favorite classic lines. In fact, I, oh yeah, you yeah, got a face for my... radio and you know what? I'm taking it. I've been told I have a face for Broadway, which I also think is along those lines. Well, that's just anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got one of those too. Also me forcing you to be a director in my intro of you <laughs> just like daddy. <laughs> I love it. Actually. Yeah. I would love to get behind the camera and kind of see, I love the way the lenses and, uh, and bleak lines <laughs> compositionally and uh, all of basement that. Basement flooded. Camera Vertov, A, camera Vertov, B. Man with the movie camera. Um, Stan Brackage, Maya Darren, you know. Someone went to Harvard, NYU. <laughs> yeah. Somebody went to Bard for a year. Me. Um, well, we are so excited to have you on our podcast. You oh my are, God, it's an honor. I'm, did you see how I like snapped into, into like podcast Alana? This is no, very is professional. Bring, bring it in. We love talking about embarrassing stories. That is um, where, why we're here. We want to make people laugh. We want to make people feel like it's okay to be embarrassing because we all are. It's true. And, and we brought you on because not only are you a gorgeous human being, not only are you hilarious oh but i hear that you have some embarrassing stories that you would love to share by the way that's why we're here from seventh eighth grade is also key yes it's key it can go to ninth grade we are flexible yeah you know what if it makes me laugh i'm happy i'm here for it because i yeah that's that's how i'm feeling last year no no got it yeah i mean my youth those years so potent there's so much embarrassment it's not like i even have like a localized story like i once wore the a crazy hat or something but it's like just the whole period (laughs) we all did wear a crazy hat we all did but that time was so defined by just like well i'll say like i wasn't cool seventh grade eighth grade ninth grade i mean if you can imagine me in my memory i was like like 411 like i was you know i was like very small and i was like 40 pounds i was like i'm fat and um, like loved my mom, like just Aww. like you know, still do. But just was like, why wouldn't I want to hang out with my mom? You know, she's an angel. Like I just really, like I'll flash forward and say my senior prom. I was kind of you know I was like indie, and I was like I'm not going to the fucking prom. I'm not a corporate loser who has sex. Okay, 
at that age, I was on birth control for no reason. I was like, never been kissed, but on birth control because like I wanted to be responsible. <laughs> like Just in case. Just in case. I was like, mom, I think I should go in ortho tricycline low. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll help with my skin. <laughs> but I, um, I will say actually when I was, and that's like by LA standards, I grew up in LA. So by the time I was 13, everybody was having like deep anal orgasms like from what? their boyfriends. Really? <laughs> and I was like, I've never been kissed. <laughs> but also you went to an all girls school. Mm-hmm. Which I would recommend for my <laughs> girls. I'm a strong advocate for single sex education. Not that there are only two genders. Okay. But um, I really do feel like it shaped me and... I really do feel like if I had been around boys all those years, I would be like in PR, like no offense against people in PR, but I feel like it would have just like completely like wiped away anything. Like I, I just would have been like a geisha permanently. I don't know. Maybe not. I just feel like it would have been a real challenge for me. But I, oh, I was, I was going to say that all my friends were like, my best friends were like really hot and sexually active. And then I was like the clown who was always like invited to the, we know her well. We know, yeah. we know her so well. We know her well. And I have actually, this is a root trauma. Um, <laughs> this is a, a lowercase t trauma. I have a lot of those. I'm very lucky to not have as many capitalizations. But anyway, I have a lower t trauma of being at um, a boy's house after school. And I was with my hot friend. And she was like six foot 11. Like she was truly a pack sun model. Like she had done a pack sun ad um pacific sun and um for those who don't know it's kind of a beachwear um line and, <laughs> for all the listeners thank you and i you know in girl school uniforms and so after it was like we're gonna go to her house after school and then we're gonna go to this guy's house and so she was changing into her like hangout clothes and i only had my uniform and she was like borrow something but all her clothes were like for a model so everything was like way too big on me like it was for a long person i was Snuggie. very short so she gave me, I remember, I'll never forget it, a Hard Rock Cafe shirt and I rolled up the sleeves and then she gave me Adidas sweatpants that were so long and dragging on the floor that I had to roll those like eight times. So there was like a thick band around my waist. That is like, not a bad rolled. outfit. Do it's you remember, was it Hard Rock Cafe like from LA or was it I like, the, like what, something from like, a, it was Vegas? I want to say it was like Orlando. It was something, I don't know, but it was, but I remember wearing that outfit being at their house and he was cool man he like put on like neil young he was like do you know heart do you know harvest i was like yeah and so i remember like listening to like neil young and like they were on the bed and i was like against the wall like pressed against the wall and he was like and i was clowning for them or something and he was like you're really funny you should be careful though guys don't like when girls are funny because it reminds them too much of other guys what and by the way Wise words. I know. He spoke the truth. We cannot. And I know. wish someone would have told me that. I mean, no, it wouldn't he, have changed anything in my life. But so you were, were you in like, the, in like the kind of sense that like you were like, oh my gosh. Because me and Sasha were, and we've just guessed this many times, is that like we thought that being funny would get guys. Oh, welcome to my, I truly, I was like, I've always been the class clown. But when I started doing stand up, I was like, I'm going to get laid. Yeah, exactly. Cut to never. Cut to 15 years or whatever and stand up and like being hit on exactly twice. Like, like, it, it, no, they don't. That's not what that's not the way it works. Like there's uh, I can't even countless nights where I'm like, God, my type five with that guy really killed it. Like he's definitely going to call like Sealed my funny story about like Zodiac signs, like really made his dick hard. Like I know. he really just is so down and no. never getting a call. 
No, they want luscious tits in the face of a toddler. It doesn't matter what comes out of the mouth. By the way, I was funny girl. I was funny girl, but I had to... I learned at a very young age that actually funny wasn't sexy. So I very much dimmed my light. And at parties, I would be the quiet one who was just like... (gasps) I would wear low cuts. I was trying to be so cool, but then it's very hard, as you both know, when there's an opportunity for a joke, it's very hard not to take it. So I'd be trying to be coy and like coquettish in a corner and like with a low top because I got boobs very early. Lucky Thank you. Yeah, true. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. And I, (laughs) so I was, I was like, anytime there's a pool party, I was like, I'm there. Oh, I am there. God would be bikini clad, like ready to go, but very quiet and kind of trying to be coy. And then there'd be an opportunity for a joke. And then like the old, hey, you know, and I would come out and then it would be in my head. I was like, no, but that's got to be a winning combo, like tits and a sense of humor. I mean, what, what, of course. What more can, what more could a 13 year old boy want? Yeah. And then it was like me on the moon bounce, like being like, and like guys like exiting. (laughs) I just love this like visual of you like being like, I have to be coy. And then someone like alley-oops a joke and you know, you can spike it in. You're just sweating. You're like sweating, like Like, trying to fight the urge to be funny. You're like, it's, you're going through like a whole movie in your head being like, don't you say the punchline. Don't you say the punch. And then you just do it. And I do it delayed after like a few other jokes. So it was, it's like, it was never quick and it was always painful me and the moon bounce it's me and the moon bounce at maddie's i'm not I, can we say last names i feel like it, it was maddie we can bleep it out i definitely have bleep <laughs> for their for their names. security yeah, and their privacy, yeah for their yeah. security maddie yeah. house her birthday party seventh grade moon bounce me being me and my, my first it was my coming out party it was the first time anyone had seen me in a bikini it was a turquoise bikini Oh my God. I took it off and then everyone hit on me and I was like, I have this party in the palm of my hands. I never felt that pretty. And then I got on the moon bounce and started clowning and it was done. And it was Cur- over. Curtains. You were so close. I was you close. Were so close. Also, you'd think the moon bounce would help with the bounce element of everything. I know, of course. I know. That's like, what I'm ba-dunk, shocked ba-dunk. about. So I, I'm just shocked. I'm shocked that you no. weren't having them, you know, lining around the corner. No, and I was jumping. I was jumping high. So then seventh grade comes along. Seventh grade, I just really was, um, I will say so much of that time for me is defined by being like violently horny and like really um, like not perceived as like a sexual being at all. So being very like, I had so much energy and I had, you know, I was in like such an, over, you know, it's almost like, what does it mean anymore to be like, I had ADD, but like, I truly did. Like I, they had to like separate me from the kids. Like I was like really overactive and um, I mean, I was truly exempt from math one year because they were just like, get out. Like you can't, you're, you're, you're just, distra- you're just, distra- that's why, that's how I started comedy. Truly yes. though, is I was like, what if I write like an independent study? I'll write my own jokes and then perform them. And they were like, sure. <laughs> it's, it's completely. Um, <laughs> it's your origin story. Seventh grade. I just, I will, yesterday I was actually, I was at my parents' house. I don't know if either of you relate to this. I, I've been, I've always been a very avid diary keeper and like really religious keeper of journals and also of personal affects. Like I've saved everything. Like I found these old detentions. Yesterday I was going through these boxes and I found my old retainer, first of all, which was, um, had an apple. Like it looked as though you cut an apple in half and like that was the, it's fab. It's so small. It's like really kind of like perverse. I'm like, look at my tiny mouth. (laughs) It's so great. It's probably the same as it is now. (laughs) 
do our mouths grow? Okay. So <laughs> anyway, um, but I, yeah, I just found all these, like all the notes and I found actually this old diary where I'm practically pre-verbal because I'm not going before seventh grade, not pre-verbal, it's dramatic, but just like, I was like, could barely write. And it said, um, cause I was a flasher, like when I was really young, like six, seven. And I wrote in this diary today, I showed my vagina at school with an O and it was partially erased out. So it was like I wrote it down and then I erased it from the shame. So that's something to really bring into analysis because um, those early moments of shame are profound. I keep going back to pre-seventh grade, but it's on my mind because I saw it yesterday. And I was also so boy crazy because I wrote about showing my vagina. And then I was saying like, today I saw Griffin at school. I love him. I don't even know who this is, but like it's like repetitive, this like obsession with Griffin. It's very... Um, obsessive did, who is like your who was like your guy in in middle school like did you obsess over any i have so many and i know all of their names but yeah like, was there like a specific guy that was like your jordan catalano there are a couple that i can't even say for fear of um getting out um <laughs> i have no, but, no, i've said everyone's name so you know. <laughs> no i mean I'm like also I'm still in, in my them. sixth grade class there were only two boys. I went to a really small school. So it was like all these girls and then two boys. So everyone was like, all of that energy was like funneled toward these two guys. And they were both really hot and cool. So it made sense. But um, yeah, of course there was the, you know, the bat mitzvah, the bar mitzvahs, we all, you know, that kind of, that setting the stage for, for this like heartbreak and this huge like cinematic desire. And I, I went to Hebrew school, but I dropped out, if you can believe it, because I'm a Hebrew school dropout because I was like, this is really going to interfere with like the school plays and my ability to really like rise in the theater program at school. And my parents were like, okay, I actually, in retrospect, wish, I feel like I really suffered and continue to suffer from a lack of obligation toward like familial traditions or like obligations. So I really think I would have benefited from being like, you're going to Hebrew school and you're getting a bat mitzvah, little girl. But instead I was like, if I'm going to be Truvy and steal magnolias, I cannot give up Tuesdays from you know, four to six or whatever. And so I, I did that instead, but oh God, the cold brew is really hitting. I know you can feel it. Okay, where oh, was no, I? I have, I'm hyped up on so much coffee right now. Like I feel like, like I'm talking like 45 miles a minute. Yeah. Like 45 yeah. miles a minute. That's not fast like, at all. 45 million miles a minute. There we go. 45 million. No, I'm, I'm simply steamrolling the both of you. Okay, so, um, oh yeah, Hebrew school drop out. Oh, but yeah, bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs. And just like, I, I, I still have this outfit that's like that I wore to this on one of these boys bar mitzvahs and um, they're like double zero BB silver snakeskin pants that are like mm, look like low like, rider low 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 right yeah low and like so small to like doll clothes <laughs> like it's insane and then I have to say props to my mother Helen because she really didn't slut shame me she really let me dress like a little like like you know she, I wore that and then I had this pink top that was completely backless and like needless to say I had nary I mean, no tits at all. So it was like, I was this like little bony, like 411 creature. Yeah. Like trying to like perform some kind of eroticism anyway. And I just remember also drinking, I was, you know, a very good girl. I hadn't had any, hadn't consumed alcohol at that point. And I remember a girl to the bar mitzvah brought tonic water thinking it was alcohol. And I drank and I was like, yeah, I'll have some, like drink some tonic and tonic water. Tonic tastes like poison like it's not so I assumed like no this is alcohol and I allowed myself to kind of like give over to the tonic and be like I, I feel it and I remember hearing they played I'm sorry but they say my name Destiny's Child was playing and it's like 
By the way, I mean, talk about one of the best songs we've ever been written. I mean, that's like a beautiful, perfect pop song. Do you remember the Kobe verse on it? Did you have the weird B-side with with Kobe? Kobe had a verse. What? On Say My Name, Say My Name. My brother got it from Napster. Sounds about right. It sounds right. It tracks. Um, and it has Kobe on it. That's you could probably wild. find it on YouTube. I was like, see, that's how I performed my coolness. I was like, you guys heard Kobe's verse? <laughs> Everyone's like, no, that's not Kobe. Everyone's like, it's not Kobe. <laughs> you got some like bootleg version fully, of Say My Name with like fully. some dude just put a verse on it. Fully. I can't believe that. I tried to also create coolness through music, but my whole thing was like, yeah, I like the Ramones. Or I was like very, <laughs> yeah. I was like Led Zeppelin. Like I had posters. Me too. <gasps> I was oh, the I was biggest like, Zeppelin. I, I was like Led Zeppelin, the Ramones, the Velvet Underground, but then also like Billie Holiday. Like I'm classy too. Like I had this like, I felt like some kind of like wide reaching eclectic musical taste would make, make people fall in love with me. And the truth is it doesn't. This is like the harsh reality. You know, it's like right. being funny actually, no, won't do it. The the the, the taste, you know, having an eclectic taste won't get you love. I remember in like fifth grade, the like Beatles one album came oh, out. Oh yeah, honey. All their number one. Red ones. with the yellow oh, one. Oh yeah, red with the yellow one. And I remember this kid Cole, who was like the hot guy at my elementary school. He was like, everyone was like freaking out over this album, which is hilarious now looking back on it because it's just, their number ones on it it's like a this is how pretentious i was i remember when that came out going fucking posers who buys Dude, that not okay. a serious a beatles yes. fan okay so cole was like god the beatles are like so mainstream and i remember like loving the beatles and oh, i yeah. and i wanted to him hell. to like me so badly that i was like yeah like what are, like yellow submarine is so crazy <laughs> like what are they even talking rocky about? raccoon get yeah. a life <laughs> yeah seriously like everyone sucks when like really like i had begged my parents for weeks to get me that album and i loved oh. it so much and then i had to pretend because cole thought that it was like really mainstream to like the beatles and 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 it made me so sad so the sad. ways that we shrink ourselves yeah no that's that's upsetting i one time challenged a girl to the spelling of zeppelin and I was like, you don't know how to spell it, do you? Which is so mean. And I was like, you don't know how to spell it. And she was like, yeah, I do. They're my favorite band. I go, great, spell it. Prove it. And they were like, and she said, she said Z-E-P-L-I-N. I said, nope, Ooh. wrong. You're not a huge Zeppelin head. I was, I was like, I, no one loves Zeppelin more than me. And I truly believed I was special because I was the only true Led Zeppelin fan in the history of seventh graders. Like I was like, I am unique, terminally unique. I am this brilliant person who saw almost famous like five times and so i oh. was i knew horrible oh my god even just saying almost famous yeah i was i will say i was obsessed with hedwig at that age Interesting. Oh, eighth grade yeah really obsessed with it we did you also have because you went to an all-girls school i went to an all-girls school we had cross-gender casting so i was always getting cast as the men in plays mm. and like wooing guys by showing off my acting skills but i was like low pony like mustache <laughs> pony, drawn yeah. on low pony yeah. low ponytail drawn in mustache like we hey did. you guys see the plate like i it was really and then i'd go into the wings like waiting for my roses and they'd all be gone that's actually that's an interesting thing because as you know my my best friend and I we basically carried the theater department on our backs oh, and God, we didn't so have um instead of like I remember we did the odd couple but it was like a play that was like that could be written for two women like Olivia and <laughs> like instead of Oscar like I was Olivia or something like that which is very strange but I will say that in the eighth grade I guess 
um, I was like, we're doing the Laramie Project and I don't <gasps> want to hear another we word about it. We did the Laramie it. Project. And like, no, there weren't enough people that were interested. So there were like seven girls and I was like, we're each playing six roles. Go. Like, and it was really chaotic. We did 12 Angry Men. I was like, juror number. Oh, that's you know, cool. all, the, all the jurors. Oh my God. I was actually, hey, I, I earlier said I'm not a director, but I directed. A one act? A version of The Bad Seed. <gasps> were you Rhoda? I was the director. Oh, Can you believe this? I buried the memory. It didn't take to me. I, if I'm not, I, I want so the lights on my face. Come I don't full want to be circle, Sasha. So you were right. I was right. You are a director. Yeah. What was, was your delegating. like standout performance in in like what was like the performance that you were like I am a god? Truvy, Steel Magnolias. They. <laughs> I really was that. That was huge for me playing playing that role. I mean, but again, my 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 best friend Sammy Birch she would write the plays I was her muse you know it was it was really a beautiful relationship we really and then yeah the Laramie project I mean there was a lot there was a lot and where is the footage that's the thing my parents were never the parents with the video camera like they didn't film me so there's mine no were <laughs> I have no record you have no record and I'm an only like, child so I have to buy the, I have like to be- did you buy the DVD? Yeah, you can at buy the, the DVD. End? My parents never bought the DVD. Sweetie, they were not. There was no DVD at my high school. The, the, we, they, it was so lo-fi. They didn't have that. It was like the the theater department at that point was in the basement, which used to be the morgue because the high school was an old age home. So it was the actual morgue is where we would do. That's where I first did stand up. Was when I was in high school, in the morgue, and I killed. You killed. <laughs> of course you did. When was your first kiss? Oh my God. Thank you for tethering me to some kind of, you know, anchor, (laughs) some story anchor. I forgot about that. Okay. I was 14 and I really wanted to kiss him, which is always good. And I went over to his house, jumped on the trampoline and then went into his room and he started, by the way, he was like fully suave, like Italian, hot. Okay. Oh my God. And he started giving me a back massage. Stop. Oh, this actually is a good story. By the way, never start a story with this is a good story. Okay. (laughs) Storytelling 101. Okay. So we were in his room. He gave me a back massage. Next thing I know, we, we were kissing, having my first kiss, full tongue, like making out. Could not fucking believe it. We were on his couch making out. Was he feeling me up? Kind of. He was being very respectful. At one point we're making out and his hand was like around my waist or something. And I guess I didn't realize it, but I had sort of pushed his hand down a little bit, not meaning to, but just had done that without. And he whispered, he goes, (laughs) he went, where are you pushing my hand? And I went, nowhere. (laughs) In my sexiest voice. (laughs) That is a real memory. Nowhere. Nowhere. How long did it last? In my memory, it lasted for 4.6 hours. I mean, it was so long, but we we made out. And then I was like, okay, I've made out. Like, this is crazy. I'm a woman now. He was like, would you like to go to dinner with my parents? Okay. Oh and my I was God. like, That's okay, sure. Relationship. We go to dinner. It's with his parents. Um, I'll protect his identity, but his father was a big restaurateur. So it was a really nice restaurant. <laughs> I can barely, I have no appetite because I've been making out for the first time. I'm there with my crush. This is, it's like a table of, it's his parents, his brother. And I want to say like an aunt or there was some other adult there. We proceed to be served a, I'm not exaggerating, like six course, like, like meal. And I remember the father was like, do you have any dietary restrictions? And I was like, 
there's nothing I won't eat or something. I just was trying to be like really easy and cool and um, proceeded to be served like soft shell crab. I remember specifically venison. I had never seen, I had never touched venison and I could not eat a bite of the whole meal. And that was, it was so much shame because it was like, I know it looked like I was like a girl who wouldn't eat, but really I just was like, your son just like fed me his tongue. Like I, I, I'm, <laughs> I can't eat crab. <laughs> and they, and they commented on it. It was really, sh- they were they're like, Oh, like what a waste of the venison or whatever. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what to tell you. And then I remember, um, the, remember the father said, well, we'll send, cause I couldn't eat the dessert. He was like, we'll send you some dessert home. Give it to your mother. I was like, don't you keep your mother's name out of your mouth. Keep my mother's name out of your mouth. You turned into like a mom. But I remember like being dropped off by his parents, having this like glass, like restaurant bowl with this cake with like tinfoil and being like my mother answering the door and just being like so much has changed. And like, I can smell it on you. You're a woman now. She's a woman. Did you guys date after that? How can I put this? No, we did not date, but it didn't end like terribly or anything. But it just kind of fizzled out. And I don't remember. Oh, God, was I rejected? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going over the stats here. We didn't kiss again. You didn't. I don't think we did. You just had it pig. Was one and done. Then, oh, my God. He literally like fucked me and threw me away. <laughs> wine and dine, one and done. He wined and dined me and threw me out like I was yesterday's venison. That's so, <laughs> that's crazy. I never even internalized the rejection that clearly was that. No, you moved on. And then were you, did you go straight from making out to like handies or were you? No, I, um, okay. So I, I went on to be, um, basically an incel. <laughs> and so I have a lot of sympathy for that community. And, um, I remember, um, when I was maybe, ugh, I don't know what year, but young, I bought a book that I recently found cause I can't throw anything away called sex tips for a straight woman from a gay guy what that's an amazing book is like can you still get that on amazon and i read it cover to cover i'm sure it's like on the banned book list now (laughs) (laughs) what does it say you can't get that with pelosi in the white house yeah i had that book i read it cover to cover and so i learned how to give a tantric hand job before i had ever even seen a dick so the first time that i was giving a hand job in my mind i was remembering all like the tantric like tools and it was crazy because to do like a proper tantric hand job, it's like the person has to be on their back and you have to be like, you know, we've all seen the Sex in the City. <laughs> it's like episode. Sex in the City. Thinking, exactly. Yeah. I was like in bed, like stiff, like as a board, like, you know, like my positioning wasn't right. So I was trying to do this crazy elaborate hand motion and I'll never forget it. He very sweetly took my hand and was just like, like, like was no, just like, keep do it old this. school. Keep it, keep it normal. Cause I was doing this like, I was like doing like tapping. I was like doing like crazy stuff. Like kneading it like dough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, start the base upside down, twist at the top, like at the doorknob, go back. Like I was like doing this crazy. <laughs> a math problem. Oh my God. And then, so then that, when was your first hand job? I was, I mean, what age? I mean, yeah, what age was that? 17. I was the same age. I was a late bloomer. I was I love that. a late bloomer. Yeah, no, you no. don't. And by the way, you know, as women, you don't really learn to have sex till you're like 33, 100%. like early 30s. And also, like, I remember seeing a dick for the first time and being like, it looked like the crazy. I was like, what do I do with this? I think I just stared at it for like 45 minutes before doing anything. And then I oh, think I terrifying. cried. It's terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. My first hand job, I was 13. And I was <gasps> dating. No, I know. 13 about to turn 14. So I always like bragged about that I was 13, but I was literally a month shy of 14. But it was eighth grade. 
And it was with this guy who I met at a bat mitzvah who had dropped out of school because I believe he was up to no good. I you don't like, want he to say what he was doing. His dick was so big that he couldn't wear fine pants that fit him and he couldn't go to school. <laughs> but actually, actually, the first time I gave him a hand job, he pulled down his pants. I didn't know what to do. I was so confused and so scared. And the first thing he says is, pretty big, huh? Oh, God. Shocking. And I had nothing to compare it to except my b- brush. So I was like, yeah, yeah it's very, it's, it is big. And I didn't know what to do. I remember, like, I think I was like driving it like a stick shift. I just didn't know what to do. I was so confused. I was also so scared and I didn't want to be giving him a hand job. And then he was like, you're hurting me. Let's stop. And we stopped. And then it just all went downhill from there. Like it was so bad. The pit in the stomach though, because I used to skip class. This was my like rebellious, quote unquote, rebellious phase because I was so afraid of doing anything wrong. I was so afraid of getting in trouble. But I would skip the first period because he lived next door to my high school. I would skip first period go to his garage where he had his art studio, give him hand jobs, make out, go back to school. And because I went to an all-girls school, would go into class late. The the professor, the professor, (laughs) the teacher was a man. (laughs) And he would look at me and he would see me come in late and say something. And I'd start crying and go, feminine issues. And feminine issues worked every, oh, yeah, every time. time. And by the way, it's not a lie. What? It is a feminine issue. Having to give a hand job <laughs> at like eight a.m. You were an exhausted femme by eight a.m. It completely makes not sense. ready for geo. I'll tell you that. No, horrible. I mean, terrible. But I was, I was like trying to. I think the only I was so afraid of drugs. I was so afraid of drinking that I think I exerted my rebellious. Like I just wanted my rebellious phase to come, and I did that through hand jobs that was my most rebellious thing that I did and I I wrote about it in my diary and I believe someone found it and I got picked up from my art class my mom by my mom I get into the car she goes how was art I said it was great she goes and she pulls over the car she puts it in park and she looks at me and she goes I know everything (gasps) and my heart like my stomach dropped I started crying immediately she was like, I'm so disappointed. I asked if I could walk home. No. She dropped me off. I, I walked home. She was like, you're grounded for so long. I mean, for six months, I think. Years. Because months? someone, it wasn't, she didn't read my diary, but my best friend at the time told, I believe, my like babysitter everything I had done. And the what? babysitter reported it to my mom because she had to. No, she had to. She had Why to. Why was your best friend talking to your babysitter? She said it was because she had ADD. What? She was using ADD as it. She was like, it's because I have ADD and I'm really unwell. Oh my no. God. Did you ever get in trouble like that? Was like, was there ever like a thing? Were your parents like ground? My parents never grounded me, but I never did anything bad enough. To That's do like that. me. I had, I was not disciplined because I never did anything wrong. Really? <laughs> I was like, I never got in trouble. Like I, I remember one time, like the like naughtiest thing I did was like, I think one time spent the like going out to some party and there there was alcohol involved, but I was like sober. But then we like I stayed out all night and pretended that I was at a friend's house. There's like no story. It's very boring. Like like, like nothing really ever ever happened. Although one one a little funny detail is one time I was with my dad and we were in like the museum gift shop at LACMA or something, and they had fake cocaine they were selling. 
And I was like, I want this. And he was like, okay. And like bought me this like fake cocaine as a joke. And then I had it under my bed with my diary and stuff. And my mom found it and thought I had cocaine. And so then there was this big thing of like, you have cocaine. And I had a therapist at the time, at the time, have had a therapy since the moment I was born. So constant therapist, my therapist at the time, my parents called and they were like, we found cocaine. And it was like, okay, we're going to do this meeting. And they were like, we found cocaine. And I was like, that's fake cocaine that you bought me, dad. And he was like, oh. And so that was like a very, um, wackety, schmackety. <laughs> it was a little prop, it was a little prop comedy at an early age that he was recognizing in me. Theater. My parents never caught me smoking weed i think i had a conversation with my mom like recently where i i thought that i was like so sly like i thought that i was like killing the game yeah you know, coming in super stone because danielle my my eldest sister was my carpool driver my freshman year of high school and so we, we were we would both just smoke weed coming home but Hot box. we would immediately make fucking brownies like out of box brownies like immediately like f- it was either we were we would ha- bring home taco bell which is also like of course you're high mm, so and cozy then, or if we didn't have enough money for taco bell we would make my mom would always get box brownies it was like the kind of thing where like yum i feel like my mom would see that i like liked one item and then get like 55 million of them and i like no i said that i liked it like once like i i said that i really wanted string cheese like once and then all of a sudden like a costco like huge that's thing so of, like, adorable i think that yeah i think that's common with girls you know when the girls they, they're something they willy you know you gotta get it gotta get a lot of it oh, but yeah. um do you guys remember kudos do you guys yeah, remember the kudos with m&ms with m&ms they were i never had bar, but it's supposed to be healthy and they were not they weren't carried in my home, but I had a friend that had them. And I was always like, that's something that I feel like that age is like being so fascinated with other people's parents. Like my best friend, her parents to me were so exotic because her dad was a doctor and my dad's an artist and like, you know, like wasn't like a normal man. And like, so I was always like captivated by these kind of prototypical, like, and kind of still am like men, like family men, like I'm a doctor. I have a real job. Like I go to work. God damn it. You know, like I work out like those like dads like that are, are just so k- kind of mystify me. But I will say back to weed quickly because I, I used to I used to burn him down. And um, there was actually a one week. This actually my mother would be devastated to hear. There was a one week to maybe two week, 10 day period where I was. And this is in italics selling weed. And meaning that there were like a few parties that I took a bunch of weed to and I was selling it. And I remember one time getting to this, to this kickback and I heard someone go, the dealer's here. And I was like, I'm the dealer. And then I had, and then I was like, I can't do this also. Cause I was completely unable to do math or anything. And I didn't know. So I would like grind, I would also grind it up. I was like, I should grind it all, which is like not what people want. They want nuggets of weed, but I would be like diligently grinding it. And then I would show up with like a bag of powder. I'd be like 20 bucks. 15 bucks 10 bucks like i was just was completely it was totally arbitrary it's the best role you ever you you really stepped into that role of the dealer and of course did it too like was dealing <laughs> and again hoping like who doesn't want like a girl who's dealing weed it's like, hot it could be cooler uh, who doesn't want to go i still want to like be that girl that's that's the girl you want to be it's devastating for me at that age that i wasn't like making out with women you know girls i should say because i was a girl but yeah but here's the thing. I This is interesting because I've known Kate, Kate and I both grew up. We all grew up in L.A. Kate and I both grew up very close to each other. And I knew of Kate through stories. I'm not going to say any details. No, this is amazing. No, I had heard of 
that Kate had hooked up with a member of this really hot band that was playing LA. And so Kate went down in history as like, I mean, you hooked up with the hottest Sing, I mean, singer. No, he wasn't a singer. But we're not going to give it away. But he played lead guitar. But guitar, yeah, no, it guitar. actually oh, was. Guitar. And he was, it was the ho- heartthrob. You, I'm going to tell you after. <laughs> no, no. By the way, and 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 knowing that is like I can sleep at night because in my mind, like the idea that like there was ever a word uttered about me in this in that kind of like hip, like sexually active, like light, like that is unreal to me. And it it is the truth. So I have to face the fact that I was participating in that and that I am fucking cool. Um, but that is. That is unreal to me. Wait, what? That's so cool. I have nothing close to that. Nothing. The closest thing I had to that was I went to go see this guy named Kyle Rialpko, which no one knows who that is. <laughs> Shout out to Kyle Rialpko. Like, no his one knows album. who I am? <laughs> no, that's really sad. I love you, Kyle Rialpko. But I remember he was playing at the Roxy and I fully had braces, like was fully like, I was like, oh, he, I'm going to make Kyle Rialpko fall in love with me. And I was, and it's like that like weird thing where you're like, he's, it's your dream. Like you're in the crowd. He, once he, once I heard about Hanson, cause that's what happened with Hanson. They found all of their wives. Really? Like in the crowd. What? Yes. People, by and, the way, people do that. They do. There's a reason people find and it's they find them in the crowd. People love to find their wife in the crowd. I, I, that's, so I had that in my mind, like, oh my god, if it's because I was also obsessed with Hanson. So I was like, but yeah. they had already found their wives. So I was like, okay, well, fuck, I can't fucking do that. Yeah. Um, Kyle, but but Kyle Rialko was ripe for the picking, and I went to I made Esty drive me to the Roxy. And I remember there was literally five people there. And I was like, oh, my God, my odds are so strong. Like, so I'm surprised strong. I wasn't there. I mean, because <laughs> I went there. I remember just watching him and I kept my mouth closed because I had braces. I was like, he's not going to like me because of my braces. And he kept I kept my mouth closed until he looked at me and he like sang to me. And then no. I could not hold in no, my excitement no. that like literally like brace face. Like I turned into like the 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 clip art version the of like, Screaming Cat. Girl. Like, yeah, that's who what, what I was. And it was the best one of my life. But I never got I don't even I didn't even get to meet him. He didn't even seek me out. There wasn't even like a thing where his manager came and like picked me out of the crowd and was like, Kyle wants to see you. That was fantasy. That That was was my fantasy. That's still my fucking dream. I'll just say quickly. I saw a band once called The Waking Hours. Oh, yeah. Look them up. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah. No, you're kidding. Oh, yeah. No, Esty knows. Esty knew of them. Yes. Mike McCormick. McCormack was the drummer and I thought he was so cute and I had braces at the time and I remember I went to the concert with my friend and I bought like an LP and he signed it and I was like there's definitely an energy and he was like hey he's like I love your braces like so cute or something and I was like devastated because I was like he sees me as a child not the (laughs) woman that I am (laughs) not who I really am how long did you have braces for 16 years (laughs) no um Here's what's crazy, and this is why so much of orthodontia is like a scam. I had it for a year. <gasps> really? Like a year. So jealous. That's and your it? teeth are perfect. I know. By the way. Congrats on having. I don't think the I ever needed them. Thank you. And here's actually a little ortho, a little little uh, little uh, fact about me. They took my braces off one of my teeth, and then like two years later, I went to another doctor or something, and one of my teeth is completely 180 degrees backwards. Like the no. outsides, inside the insides, the outside. And this alleged orthodontist never noticed that. So I had full braces and my tooth was just backwards. But who cares? I don't need to like go in there and twist it. 
No, I mean, your teeth are a work of art. Yeah, I don't know beautiful. if anyone has ever said that to you, but I had braces for four. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had braces for four years. And Me too. everyone knows how fucked up my teeth are. Like, my teeth are so. Because I was like, okay, so I had four years of braces. And then when I got it off, they're like, you have to wear a retainer. And I was like, I'm sorry. So you're telling me that I had to just endure four years of having fucking braces and now I have to wear a fucking retainer? Like, there's no way. And so I immediately just stopped wearing my retainer. I was like, oh, yeah. this. Teeth, I have, I have, the, my mouth is just all fucked. It's, oh, my God. I, I, don't I love your teeth. I don't know if it's like Nothing the Nothing than a crooked tooth. It's wild. I have, I have a snaggle tooth. I have a snaggle tooth and because my teeth weren't moving like as fast as they should my dot my orthodontics kept just taking teeth out <laughs> yes no so i have like less teeth than i'm supposed to have it was nuts it was whoa fucking crazy. no they're they're just yanking them out they, they have they don't have, there's no god in orthodontia <laughs> no. No. it's like the wild goddamn west it really is but you know what's fucking crazy apparently braces are in right now like if you have braces, you're considered cool, and it's like at a what age thing. though? I, like on TikTok, Gen Z, I or think like it's like a TikTok thing where like people are like dying to get braces. They're like, I cannot wait to get braces because they're like in fashion, and I'm like, oh, when disturbing. did this change? Yeah. Well, do you remember when Tom Cruise wore braces on a red carpet once? And yes. It was just yeah, it, it, he did. Yeah. What is that? I do remember that. It was one of the most incredible photos. I, I think mean, that like was like he wore them that like for vanilla fun? sky. Or he no, wore them he, for real. He wore them for real. He needed to fix his teethies. He had them at Cannes. <laughs> <laughs> he went, he doth went to Cannes with braces on? With full brace face. I'm just showing Alana a picture. Well, also, Gwen Stefani. Oh, he had them twice. Also he rocked braces, which made me feel better. A lot of people. Oh my god! Has it scrubbed from the internet? Oh no! Oh, oh the, and he got the clear. He got kind. clear. You, Kate. I mean, oh god! He got the clear Ooh. kind, which well, I always avoid. I was told never to get the never clear. Never to get the clear. Never kind get the clear. Because you get food stuck in there and it gets dyed. And I, I always did blue. That was. Like I my... did Lakers. Like I did purple and yellow. I That's did Hanukkah so theme. I did every t- chance I got to do a theme, I would do it. I don't even know what color I had, but I know I had colors. And how about that feeling of getting them off for the first time? And it's like oh, yeah. slimy. Remember everyone would always be like, it's really slippery. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, I have like trauma of hearing that. Like, everyone being like, I know they're so smooth. I can't start running my, like, my tongue all over them. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to go eat an apple for the first time in oh four years. Oh my God. Years. That was a huge That was a big moment. one. Like, oh my God, you guys, I can eat an apple. I also yeah. have a vivid memory because I was in high school with braces. Like it started in seventh grade and I got It's them character off. building. It is. It is. I honestly, I, I, I mean, I talk about this one. My, my middle school crush was named Willie St. Marie. He's like the love, still the love of my life. Like I, I think about him once a day, at least he's a farmer now. It's cool. It's really fucking cool. He's a fucking farmer. Yeah. He's a farmer. And I'll never forget. Like we all went to the movies and like, I had heard through the grapevine. This is pre braces. So like, I knew I was getting my braces, like maybe a couple days later. And I, and I had heard through the grapevine, like Willie St. Marie has a crush on you. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I have made it. I'm here. I'm in middle school. I have arrived. Like the hottest guy in school has a crush on me. And I'll never forget. I got my braces on and immediately he jumped ship, jumped 
shit. He jumped ship on me like a million times. He's like my lifelong like, oh my God, you are the reason why I have trauma. <laughs> we love inconsistency. We like Does he, he know? Never I'm about to put on my Ira Glass never. hat and do a This American Life about you finding him. Okay? Because no, you know 100%. someone's going to hear that. He's like not on social media either, which is Clearly, aggravating, f- which is so aggravating. Like, I can't even stalk you in my old age of 30. And I still think about you from time to time. I did. Something horrible happened to me in, uh, I had a crush on Theo, my brother's best friend, Asher. And this is, again, a little younger. I was in fifth grade. But do you remember there was a website called Crush Link? No. Where if you put in your crush's name, and then if your crush puts in your name, it links you. By the way, that's, it's genius. I love how I'm like, that's genius. I'm like, oh, is that just all dating apps? Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm that's like, hinge. That algorithm that is, is hinge, brilliant. That is like, oh, that's I know. What like, they are. Wait, stop everything. We're canceling this podcast. We are all bringing back Crush Link. Sharks. Yeah. Um, no. And so as a joke, Asher no, put no. my name. And so what happens is you get this email that says, someone has uh, a crush on you. Fill out your question or whatever to see them. And I filled out Asher. Of course, he was my everything. He was my everything. And it linked us. And I've started crying. I was only no. I, I cried out of happiness. I started jumping for joy around my room. I remember I had a canopy bed, which is very mature. And I swung around the can like I swung around the poles and like ee! I was the most excited I've ever been crying. Weeping from joy. Theo comes into my room. He goes, starts laughing hysterically and was like, that was a joke. And I in my state of shock like get out of my room and I've never cried so hard of I for those but I will say those 10 seconds of believing Asher liked me back really gave me the confidence to start cyber sexing with people yeah <laughs> you know? no you only need to feel that for a moment to know that it's possible when was oh. your first boyfriend that's or- crossing a line um I had one in the ninth grade in the ninth grade. That's, that's a good time. And he, he was, you know, it was very sweet. He wrote me poems and, um, oh, oh, here's a little story. Here's actually, this is, this is quite good. Again, the rules 101 and telling a story don't start with that. But, um, so my boyfriend in the ninth grade, we're going out. It was great. You know, we both loved the Royal Tenenbaums and everything was great. And then, um, oh, this is, this is hard. Okay. He started, he like was starting to drift away. Right. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And he, and he admitted to me that he had feelings for someone else. <gasps> and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to the noose store after school. So I was really sad and all of that. And then I was like, who is it? Or, and he was like, I'll fax you the name of who I have a crush on like tonight at five o'clock. It was very specific. I'm going to fax it to you. I go, so my, my parents had a fax machine, brag. So I go home and I'm sitting at the fax machine staring at it, waiting to see the name of the person. And the fax machine starts going. <laughs> and also that working. And out. it spits out my best friend's name. Stop. Stop. Was it what did handwritten? You do? Did he like handwritten hand cursive? What did you do? I mean, I, I I don't even recall. I mean, I was devastated. I wept. I will say, from what nothing happened between them. So I heard, but now as an adult, I go, well, was there, were they holding hands? You know, did they kiss? At, did they make out seeing one hour photo at the Lemley? You know, and, um, oh my God, one hour and, photo. <laughs> and, um, full Valerie Cherish voice. But, um, 
Yeah. So that was a real moment of um I mean and that, that's like kind of, did you that's dramatically the kind of rip up the the page. Like I feel like that's what I would have done. I would have taken it and like dramatically ripped it up into Well, I have, or did you I, save it's, it it's and still it's still in your... my I have the actual piece of fact I was going to say at my parents' house. Stop. I have it all. I have it all, honey. You have the facts? I have the facts. No. I have the facts. I I save everything. Kate, I do too. I'm I order. I have so my course shook. off. I need a copy of the facts. I want to frame it and put it in my house. I want the facts. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you. I have it. Can oh, you I believe that, dude? Fax machines. What a time. And that's the thing. Like my one of my best friends and I, we used to send each other facts back and forth, like letters. And it's just like, I mean, whatever. Am I really going to be someone over here? You know you know, weeping at the state of technology and correspondence, but it's true. We've been robbed, you know, and the youth particularly now are totally fucked. Oh yeah. No, I remember tr- figuring out how to send a fax and it was like, I was a genius. Like I was hacking into the mainframe. I was like, Oh yeah. my God, did it get to you? Like on the phone, be like, did it get to you? And like, yeah, it got to me and being like, I can now, you know, work for NASA. It's beautiful. And still a complete mystery. Fax machines are inherently more impressive than I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't get it. Oh my God. What a time. What a time, what Kate. What a time, Kate. It was so fun. I really am flying high from the fun. I know. <laughs> Love, Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. That is the, those were the craziest stories I've ever heard. She's so fast. So fast. So funny. She's so funny. She was caffeinated. I, uh, I just, she's such a genius. I'm genius. so happy Kate Berlant joined us. Thank you, Kate, for being on our podcast. It's so our nice little, of her. Cute little podcast. On our cute hum. little podcast. She's a podcast queen. She's got Poog going, which is so good and oh, funny. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Go listen to that too. I'll, I'll support all of our guests on this podcast. Uh, this has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. So please listen, rate, five stars, review, and follow all episodes available now for free wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Free Period. New episodes every Tuesday. Bye. Bye.